So today we will carry on in our study of Abraham. And Abraham is held up to us as a great example of faith. So today I just want to explore that a little bit with you. Um, what is faith and in what way did Abraham um, prove to be an example of faith? And what was he the beginning of in the question of faith? So let me give you um, what we might say are four possibilities when it comes to coming up with, with kind of a definition of faith. And as I read these through, maybe one will resonate with you. Maybe one will say, oh, no, that couldn't possibly be right. Um, but just think about this as we dwell on faith. Uh, Abraham being the great example. First of all, is faith believing what isn't true? Um, secondly, is faith believing what couldn't possibly be true? And maybe that's a little different from the first one, a little slight change in nuance. Thirdly, is faith believing what could possibly be true? And finally, is faith believing what couldn't possibly not be true? And obviously, if I show my cards, I would tell you that I have arrived at the fourth definition of faith. Um, maybe some of you have, and maybe some of you have not. Some of you may have been stuck at the first one, and you really honestly say that what you believe um, isn't true. Somehow or other, it's a way in which you function in your life, but it's the religious part of you is not something that is true. Faith is not um, believing something other than what is actually not true. Secondly, you may have moved away a little bit from that and said, well, I, I do I do have faith. I believe what honestly couldn't possibly be true because when I put my mind to this, when I figure out what I'm watching in my life and in the life of those around me and the world in which I live, I, I might have to say, well, faith is believing what couldn't possibly be true. They're nice ideas, but I think they maybe couldn't possibly be true. And if you have faith, you have confidence in something that really couldn't possibly be true. Thirdly, you, you may be in the space where you're granting that the, the aspects of faith or the aspects of religion, and maybe particularly the, the tenets of Christianity, you may be at a place where you're saying, well, faith is believing what could possibly be true. I, I can grant that much. And then the final station would be, actually, if we turn this all the way around, we might say faith is believing what couldn't possibly not be true. It is uh, either self-evident to me or has become uh, true to me by my experience, by my study, by my um, involvement in the, the human family and in the world in which we live. So... Obviously, this is a little deeper than just sort of a lesson or two in faith, but we're trying to probe into what it is that pleases God, because that's what we're told about Abraham, and particularly here in Romans 4, we're told that actually Abraham, in what we have called the struggle to believe, 
is is given credit. He's given credit for the very process of believing. And we notice that in the story of the Bible, faith is not something that is concretely proven. We might say you, you can't um, submit faith uh, to science in a strict sense. You can't, um, you can't feel it or taste it or touch it. You can't replicate it. Um, even when we feel as though there are aspects of faith that, that are constant, we find that they don't always seem to be constant or they seem to vary or shift and change. So let's go back to Abraham and hopefully come full circle to us. And let's ask ourselves what we know about Abraham um, that got him the reputation of pleasing God because of his struggle of faith. Here's what uh, we read in Romans chapter 4. And uh, it kind of relates to what Abraham was believing. So given his time in history, long Um, before the time of Christ, um, long before the formation of a a covenant people of Israel, but just as an individual, as a man in the ancient Near East, um, probably nomadic to some degree, at least agrarian and oriented to a family and a clan. Um, in, In that kind of situation, the person who is commended for his faith is described this way. It says that it's in the presence of him whom he believed. So there's the first point. It is that Abram believed God. Not even, first of all, necessarily in God. That would come farther as we understand the, the invitation to faith. But at the start of it all, Abraham simply believed God. So God appeared to him. God communicated to him. Uh, Abram was a person who was oriented towards deity, although it would have been uh, a polytheistic kind of a situation in which there were many idols and many gods. In that context, we're told that it was in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who, and here's what we begin to learn about the emerging faith that Abraham had in God. It said he, he believed in God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So there's a great beginning for a definition of faith. In, in the example of Abraham, we're told that there are two aspects um, that he's able to grasp. There are two things he's able to hold, hold um, in his mind and, and expect in his experience. They are, first of all, that the God in whom he believes gives life to the dead and calls into being that which did not exist. Uh, examples of it in the life of Abraham are, of course, um, the place that God was promising to him. It didn't exist yet for him as, a, um, as an inherited land. And the, the very promise soon of a son um, to Abraham And then later on, the very strange account of um, what was um, called the sacrifice of Isaac or um, the willingness of Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, where all of this was put into a test for him because 
he he now understood that what what he believed about God was true, that God could bring things into exist, existence that did not exist before, and that he could, and that would have been a son that was medically impossible or naturally impossible, and also that he gives life to the dead. One of the commentaries on Abraham's life in Scripture is that he was willing to offer Isaac as a sacrifice because he believed that even if he gave Isaac as a sacrifice, God was able to restore Isaac to life. So there's something that is coming about in the formation of of Abraham's faith. So what did all of that begin in terms of the Bible story? Well, what in embryo was really true in the life of Abraham was fulfilled completely in the life of Christ. And we heard that from our children's story last week, that what, what God had promised, he brought about by the coming of Jesus as the Messiah for the covenant people Israel and for the, the Savior of the world. As the whole theology of the Bible develops, from the beginnings of faith in the life of Abraham. Um, Here's how Paul reflects on Abraham's life and faith, and he now extends it to us. He says, what can you do? Well, you you see that Abraham was credited. He was was given um, a commendation for believing and we would also be commended if we are believing people. But what we believe in has, has come into a, a greater fullness. So here's how it works out on into the salvation history of the Bible. Again, in Romans 4, we read this, but for our sake also, so for our sake as well, which, which is that we also can be given credit for the very same thing, for believing God. And the, the object of our believing God um, has now moved to the point of being um, believers in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So here's how Paul applies that. He says that it'll be credited to us as well. Those of us who believe in him, as Abraham did, and then here's how he is described the one in whom we believe, the one uh, where faith is directed. It says, He raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So now Paul begins to give us some of his salvation doctrine or soteriology. And just as a little bit of an aside, it's very interesting that... um, the way Paul describes what happened with the the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, it's he says he was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So what do those ideas mean? Delivered over, uh, and we're going to see the very same word in another passage back in Acts in just a moment, but it really means handed over. Uh, it, it, it's as though custody of a prisoner is handed over from one guard to another guard. And the way Paul is characterizing what happened is that um, we'll see that he means that God actually handed over his son because what he would do would be 
because of our transgressions, that is, he would be crucified because of our transgressions, and he would be raised because of our justification. If I were to try to paraphrase the words transgressions and justification, um, I, I might say the word transgressions, it, it actually means to fall down. It's, it means to maybe fall by the side or, or fall down. And to be raised um, really means to be put back on the right path with the right footing. So all of the theological complexity, notwithstanding in each of those words, I think it's a lovely sort of uh, rhythm of what God has done for us through Christ that we might say it was because we fell down and we continue to fall down uh, that he was delivered over by God as a sacrifice. And it's because we have been put on the right path with the right footing um, that we are justified. We are given um, this status of being right-footed or, or right-pathed kind of people. Uh, I'm a bit of a Alexa junkie and Siri junkie and CBC junkie and playlist junkie. And one of the songs that I've heard over and over again over the last year or so um, is, as it turns out, I didn't know, it, it's actually a Christian artist named Donnie McClurkin. And there's a lovely song. And it's a very, very simple little text and, and refrain. And it simply says this, We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down and got up. Isn't that really profound? I mean, that's the plight of, human, the plight of humankind. We fell down. But we got up, not because we were able to get ourselves up. We had fallen down, and in a sense, we couldn't pick ourselves up. In fact, in a very real sense, we couldn't pick ourselves up. But what God has done is that he has noticed our falling down, and he has been there um, to enable our standing up. I think, I think that's also, in these days of the pandemic, a lovely little pattern that says, you know what? Yes, we keep on falling down, and we stand up. It's been that way, hasn't it, for a year, that even emotionally and spiritually and physically, we, we find ourselves falling down, but th then we stand up. So just I commend Donnie McClurkin. He has some other cool songs. He's a guy in his 60s, still singing good worship songs, so you might want to go have a look at him. So it was for our sake also, to whom it will be credited, as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Let me press a little bit farther and just ask about faith and what it would mean specifically to have faith in God. Uh, so Abraham has proven that he believed God, and even though he had no idea how all of this would work out in God's great e eternal plan, uh, he, he believed God. As we follow in his footsteps and seek to be people of faith, and even as we go through the four options, we kind of position ourselves and say, well, 
I am or I am not a person of faith, and faith looks like this for me, or not like this for me. Let me take you to Acts chapter 2, where, uh, again, we have a repetition of the New Testament theology about what it was that Jesus came to do. And this all began with the believing God aspect of faith, and it now expands into believing God about what he has done, who he is, what he has intended, and what he has done. And the, the key piece of faith is the death and resurrection of Jesus. So faith, whatever else it includes, has to focus on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we live by faith as we believe God, as we trust God, as, as we hold on to God, even in a struggle kind of a way. Uh, and what we believe about him particularly is what he has done about our falling down and getting us to stand up again. That's the main thing about faith. Uh, it, it comes to be uh, completely uh, about the acceptance of what God has done and believing what God has done based on a fundamental belief in God. So in Acts chapter 2, here's what uh, Peter at this point claims about what has happened to Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. He, he says, but God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Now, the verse just before that is one in which Peter says, he was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. So that's the very same idea as, you know, Jesus being delivered over. Uh, Peter says he was delivered over, but it was by God's purpose and according to God's foreknowledge. So we need to be very clear that the matter of faith is faith in God, first of all, and then particularly in what's, what God's plan and purpose have been. And the word foreknowledge is a word that just doesn't mean he knew ahead of time, but it, 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 it means that he, he, he knew in, in a sense of it having been part of his plan and purpose ahead of time. So we, for example, are said to have been foreknown before the foundation of the world. And the right understanding of that is not that we were, we were known that we would become children of God, um, but we were known as his children. He already had that plan and purpose in his mind before the very beginning of time. And the lovely part of what I'm coming to here today with, with faith is how Peter describes the relationship between Jesus and death. He says, God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death. So we're told that it was according to what God wanted to happen that Jesus was handed over to death. But what God wanted to do in the handing over of Jesus to death was to put an end to the agony of death. Since it was, and here is a definitive statement about what Jesus did, it was impossible for him to be held in its power. 
See, that's where faith gets its its dynamic conclusion that the the great enemy that humankind has is the enemy of death. We're told actually that it's the last enemy to be put underfoot. Death itself is going to be the last enemy. And we're looking forward to the death of death, if you like. And what's lovely about what Peter says is that it was impossible for him to be held in its power. So if, if we are people who direct faith towards God, we need to know that we're directing faith towards someone who is fully able to defy death. So Abraham in seed form understood that when he said, even if, if Isaac is taken from me, I believe God can raise him from the dead. And when we come to the sort of the, the, the evidence of faith in our lives, one of the places that it really shows up is in the matter of death, in the question of death. Um, we live with our mortality kind of front and center these days, don't we? In in tragic way, in, in the whole subcontinent of, of India, death is very, very present. And we as humankind have not only struggled with death, but we have also organized our lives around death or not dying. Ernest Becker is a sociologist who said that the thing that humankind is trying to deny is not sexuality or, or some other Freudian thing, but what humankind is trying to deny is death. We are defying death by the way we live. We're trying to prolong our lives, properly so in many ways. But we're also denying death. We are living as though it won't happen to us, even though it will happen to every one of us. We will die. And faith, when it becomes really, really practical, is the faith that brings me to the point of saying, um, as I think about how faith works out in my life, I would have to say faith is believing in what couldn't possibly not be true because in in my life of faith, it it is it is impossible for God not to have vanquished death for us. That's a really clumsy way to say it, but it, I, I'm believing that that something is true that couldn't possibly not be true because in me, in in my inner person, and in my human. Um, sort of sensibilities and and orientation I, I i believe i am more than the body i'm living in and i believe that my life goes longer than the life i live breathing the breath of air and when i read the story of the bible my faith is is prompted is enhanced is is realized if you like by this certainty that what happened in history in the death of and burial of Christ was the preface of a very incredible thing, not incredible, but it was the preface of his defying death and saying it, it, it was impossible for death to hold him. And that is the aspect of my faith that more and more comes into focus where I say, you know, this friend of mine has died do I just remember the great things of his life? Um, do I say, well, it was a good run? 
And do I say what lasts beyond his life is the legacy he lives be, leaves behind or the family he leaves behind or the example he leaves behind? Or do I say, and, and, but this life was just the beginning of real life, of eternal life that will go on and on and on. Abraham had the seed of that, that, that somehow or other believing God had to do with death being defeated or reversed. And then as we get into the way that Paul especially works out this great theology of God's salvation of, of humankind, we realize that at the very end, God says, yeah, and death itself has been defeated. In fact, we're told by Paul in Corinthians that, that Christ was the first fruits of those that have died. Uh, he, he's, he's saying by that that just as a farmer looks for the evidence of a crop that's coming, of a harvest that's coming by its first fruits, Paul says Christ was the first fruits of all those who will be raised from the dead. And he has a lovely sort of litany of the order in which people come back to life. Faith is about death. It's about the fact that beginning with the story of Abraham, the whole story of faith has been believing God, struggling to believe God, and in the struggle grasping that he is a God who cannot be beaten by death. There's a story about a, a little boy in Sunday school, as, as those, these stories go. We'll call him Jimmy. And uh, his uh, Sunday school teacher one day was saying to him, Hey, hey Jimmy, um, how do you get to heaven? Let me give you some suggestions. Uh, if, if you do really good things, will that get you to heaven? Oh, just a minute, Jimmy. Um, suppose you never do any bad things. Will, will that get you to heaven? Or, Jimmy, suppose you become a, a really uh, famous doctor and you cure diseases and something like that. Will, will, will that get you to heaven? So my question for you, Jimmy, is this. How do you get to heaven? And Jimmy looked at his teacher and said, well, you have to be dead. Isn't that a lovely expression of faith? You have to be dead to see the full realization of your faith because that was what it all aimed towards. You have to be dead. God bless.